Because there is really nothing more satisfying for a mom mm-hmm. than knowing that your kids had a big, full meal. That's true. So it's they're almost as good as a night's sleep. <laughs> Are you looking for real life, tried and true tips and tricks to help with all the nitty gritty stuff of mom life? Well, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Mom Force. Hello, it's Vanessa Quigley here this week with my sister Kara, who's in the last day of your visit here. Oh, I am. And it's so sad. I can't believe this trip has gone by so fast. Well, I we, while she was in town, and actually while my sister Leah was in town, we decided to officially celebrate the Mom Force podcast, and we had our launch party. I am sorry that all of you couldn't be there with us. It was so fun. But we want to keep you in the loop. So go to chatbooks.com slash podcast, and there should be a pop-up there so that you can sign up for our newsletters and all fun stuff relating to the podcast. We want you to be in the loop. And also go to Mom Force Facebook group and join the Facebook group, and you'll be in the loop there. I asked Kara to join me today for this episode about picky eaters. And before we started, I told Vanessa, I don't really remember food being like a thing growing up. And then we laughed and said, maybe it's because it was like, you get what you get and you don't throw a bit. <laughs> so uh, for us being from a big family, we there were 12 kids in our family. Things were on the extreme. But I think the other, the other factor is mom grew up around the world, right? Dad, mm-hmm. Her dad was in the army. So they lived in France. They lived in Japan. And Germany. so Germany. Yeah. So I remember... I remember her making homemade sushi with pickled daikon radishes. I and mean, we would go to yeah. like the... She loves hot dogs of all sorts. <laughs> Maybe that comes from the Germany. <laughs> the Germany stint. Uh, and dad is from the South. And yeah. so one of his favorite things is fried chicken livers. Yeah. And she oh, does love those. them right. I know. So we, we grew up with a wide variety of foods. Whereas like my husband, Nate, not so much. In fact, at the night of our wedding reception... Dad had ordered big platters of sushi for us all to eat while we opened all of our wedding gifts. And that was the first time Nate had ever had sushi. Stop it. I'm not kidding. Stop. My kids have been eating sushi since probably before they should be eating sushi. Well, because it was normal for you. And so it's normal for the kids. So there is something about like traditions of your family and the cultures, you know, your cultures where you've grown up that inform things around food. Today, we're going to be talking about picky eaters. Let's set the timer. We're going to be talking about how to help our kids discover this wide, wonderful world of flavors and textures. And it starts when they're babies. Yes. Okay. And I read something that said for children, there's this thing called the flavor window mm-hmm. from four months to 18 months. Because most babies start off on milk, some type of milk. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you start introducing them to solid foods. Now, we moved to France when Calvin, my oldest, was a brand new baby. This is our first time being parents. We didn't know what we were doing. We were in a foreign country and we were giving him little tastes of everything. So before he was one years old, he pretty much had eaten everything or sample, you know, tasted all the things he's not supposed to. Later, I found out they weren't. Yeah, they're not supposed to have milk or or, no honey. Yes. All I mean, there's a lot lot of things you're not supposed to give a new baby. So maybe make sure that you know what those are. But um, but I also am a living testament. And so is Calvin that you can survive having having eaten ice cream uh, before you're six months old. I mean, kids have preferences because even if you're in that flavor window where they're, you know, open to all kinds of different flavors. I remember distinctly reactions of kids when I gave gave them some like nasty baby food flavor that they said like (laughs) like turkey and gravy or something. (laughs) I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like, I will blend up our dinner before I 
do that. Oh, and I used to do, and that is what I would do because I yeah. thought the baby food, other than the plums, I love baby food plums. I mean, the fruits all in, in general are pretty good. <laughs> um, so, but your story of Rusty is an example of how we can go overboard, yes. you know, but we, mm-hmm. in let's just be mindful that in those few months, like that is the time to try all kinds of new things. Yeah. Um, and in my family, throughout the years, I've been pretty lucky. I My kids really aren't picky eaters, except for Henry. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, Henry's I do. Issue? I remember. I remember him just hearing about the possibility of fruit and gagging in the other room. No. I couldn't understand it. His hatred for fruit was extreme. He couldn't taste it, see it, smell, smell it. it, didn't want to hear you talking about it. There was something <laughs> so visceral about in his reaction to fruit, it was intense. And I and I could not understand it because like all kids love fruit, right? Right, right. Except for tomato, which technically is a fruit. Right. Which I couldn't but stand tomatoes I mean, as a kid either. I'm, I'm on his team with that. Except Still. have you seen, there are some kids that eat I, little tomatoes like, my like it's a treat. See, I don't. Your kids eat tomatoes? Uh, yes, I don't like tomatoes. And I, I like I feel like I wish I was one of those cool people that could like like tomatoes because like, cool I feel do? like it's like a cool people thing. <laughs> and so I made it a point to always give to- tomatoes to my kids. And yes, my we even grew little cherry tomatoes in our garden and my kids would go out and pick them before they were even ripe and eat the baby, the little teeny tiny cherries, tomatoes, not cherries, the tomatoes. I love the tomatoes. <laughs> okay. That is a perfect example of how if we expose our kids to things that yeah. they will maybe start liking them. It's no guarantee, right. but they might. There's also some scientific research mm-hmm. that proves that it takes at least 10, sometimes 15 times for a child to be exposed to a new food before they can develop a taste for it. And I love our sister, Shelly. She has, she has the best advice about introducing foods or trying to get over this hump of a, I don't like a food. And that is exactly that. Expose your kids to it. Put salad on their plate every single time, even if they think they don't like it. Eventually, they'll try it and they'll realize it's delicious. I have noticed her little kids eat more salad than I've ever seen. And cucumbers. Oh, they love their cucumbers. They love them cucumbers. <laughs> um, this reminds me of a quote from the mom force. Bethany on the mom force. This is what she says about this. She said that her son did food therapy because he has autism. And she said he would only eat orange or yellow foods. The basics of food therapy are applicable to all kids. Learn to tolerate a new food on a plate for a couple of days. Then they had to lick it and eventually he had to taste it really small steps and oversimplified. So that that's food therapy. And that's basically just exposure. And I like how she ramps it up. First look at it, then mm-hmm. you touch it, then you lick it, you then you taste it. it. How do you do that in your house? Do you ever serve anything for dinner or whatever that your kids don't like? What do you do? Our rule of thumb at, at our house is that if I take the time to create this delicious meal, because I'm not going to cook disgusting food, that my kids owe it to me to try it. If I'm going to take the time to cook it, then you have to try it. I feel like that's teaching them respect because when they are eating outside of your home, like at a friend's house or a family member's house, it's rude to just be like, ew, I'm not eating that. But if they just try it. Yeah. And nothing turns you off to a child than them saying, seeing a meal that you've prepared that they've never tried in their entire life because you have created it and it's not a recipe. It's out of your brain. (laughs) And they say, I don't like that. How can you say you don't like it? You've never tried it. I know. Well, I just think it goes back to kids not being exposed to things. I had one of my kids' friends. She didn't 
like soup. She never ate soup at home. We used to eat a lot of soup. Anytime I was serving soup, she was like, "Mm -mm, I'm not, I can't possibly. But the reality is we're not poisoning our kids, even though they act like we are serving something poisonous. Uh, But I like that point. So you are not a short order cook. No. I've seen some moms that just cater to all the different palates and desires. And they just. It is one dinner and that's dinner. And if you don't eat it, then I guess you're waiting until breakfast yeah. because dinner is dinner. So my husband, Nate, tells a story of clam chowder and how his mother ruined clam chowder for him. Now, I love clam chowder and we have we just don't eat it in our marriage because he has been scarred <laughs> because she insisted he finish his bowl of soup before leaving the table. And he ended up having to like choke down cold, cold. clam chowder. Oh, yes. I can't imagine. So no worse. wonder he can't eat it. Oh. How do you feel about making your kids finish what's on their plate? I, I don't, I've never, that's never been a standard of being done. It's never been, is your plate clean? It is, it, are you full? Are you full enough till breakfast tomorrow? Yeah, but kids lie about that sometimes. They say they're full. They just I know. don't want to eat your food. It's, it's very tricky. <laughs> that's where you have to start using like mind, mind <laughs> games of figuring out. If, no, I'm kidding. I, I just, we don't do a lot of snacking in our family, in, in our house. And so dinner's the last meal. And I think a couple of nights of going to bed hungry Yep. has my kids realized have realized that dinner's dinner and if they don't like it they should probably still eat it yeah. <laughs> well so I do make my kids try everything yes I they uh, they don't have to eat everything and if they are still hungry after they've at least tried everything I let them make a piece of toast yeah or have a bowl of cereal because I, I don't want anyone I mean, to starve but right. it does teach a lesson like maybe if you get hungry enough you'll have another bite of that right. vegetable and, that and you think you don't like I'm, i mean in all honesty i don't make my kids go to bed hungry we have we have plenty of yeah. snack times before bed but i think if you allow that to be something regular then your kids develop the habit of being full so full like there's this meme out there right now that says i'm so full mom what can i have for a snack <laughs> And, and, and that's what I, we tried to avoid. Yep. But there are nights that I, you know, there are meals that I know that my family loves and I know everyone's going to have a full belly. And this, I, I did this since they were teeny tiny babies. There were a few dinners like spaghetti, creamy chicken and rice, any sort of pasta my kids love. And so I made a point of two or three nights a week making a recipe or a dinner that I knew everybody loved and everybody would eat and get a full belly because there is really nothing more satisfying for a mom mm-hmm. than knowing that your kids had a big full meal. It's true. So it's they're almost as good as a night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so there are meals that, you know, it's easier to, to please everyone. Right. Uh, I find in my house, those are like tacos and potato bar and Hawaiian haystacks, things that where you like can add toppings. Yes. There's like a base. Um, if it's a Hawaiian haystacks, it's, you know, that creamy chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. So the pickiest of eaters can have that. And then those that feel a little more adventuresome can add different toppings and vegetables. I remember going back to having teeny tiny babies. We had this this saying with our kids to like to get them to swallow their food. So we would say, put it down the tunnel. Did your food go down the tunnel? Are you ready for another bite? This was when we were still feeding them. And Kate, our second, who is like the pleaser, the easiest. She's just, she's literally got life figured out. She would like chickmunk her food and she would pack them in her cheeks. And before you know it, her whole dinner was shoved in her cheeks. Oh, she, and she wasn't putting it down the tunnel. <laughs> she wasn't putting it down the tunnel. And so 
I feel like there was a learning curve for her when she transitioned from baby food to real food of like learning how to eat as weird as that sounds. I think there are different obstacles that every family and every mom faces when it comes to eating. That's not just like a stick your nose up. I don't like that. We've had our fair share of that. I mean, Austin who would live on pineapple and orange juice went through a phase of saying he didn't like it. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that give him terrible canker sores? No, he loves it. He would drink orange juice with every meal. He's just like his dad. I'm thinking about learning how to eat. Like Kate had to literally learn how to swallow. I I mean, I think that's something that we can teach our kids. That's really valuable to listen to their body. Like it's okay if they don't like everything. Um, Intuitive eating is something that I've been reading a lot about. Mm -hmm. And I've got kids the whole range of the very, very thin lean to the babushka. <laughs> we have this thing in our family. <laughs> the corn where, fed. Yes. As they grow and mature, they go through this stage where they probably don't need to clear their plate. But I want them to listen to their body, to like yes. be in tune with if they're really hungry or not. Or maybe they're just thirsty. Yeah. So that's something to be mindful of. And I think, you know, we sometimes get in the mindset of you got to clean your plate because it is satisfying mm-hmm. as a mother to see a clean plate. Yes. It's very hard to throw good food down the trash. Yeah, but you have to be okay with that. You have to you have to also be on the other side of the spectrum of making sure everybody gets a full full belly and being okay with telling your kids that's enough. Yeah. Cuz I too have a child who will eat two, three, four servings. Yeah. And sometimes I have to just say, "Okay, Give it 20 minutes and see if you're still hungry. Not because I don't want them to be, I want them to go hungry, but a lot of the times it's because they like the way it tastes. And if he just gives it a minute, he realizes that he's full. And then he doesn't enter into the discomfort phase of too much eating. We have have a couple of those goldfish (laughs) eaters is what we call them. That will eat until they throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But back to the picky eaters. So clearly they are on the opposite spectrum. But for kids who are super picky, um, or I know that for some kids, like nutrition is a real, it's an issue because they just, they, for whatever reason, they don't, they don't mm-hmm. eat, they don't like to eat. And, you know, working with a doctor, parents can help the kids um, and vitamins can be real helpful yeah. there. I, I feel like for me, I remember talking to my pediatrician w- asking about, you know, being worried that the kids aren't, my kids weren't getting enough nutrients and weren't eating a, a, enough of a well-rounded diet. And he said, don't worry about it. Kids, as they grow, some days they'll be hungry. Other days they won't be so mm-hmm. hungry. It all evens out in the end. If you're really worried, give them a multivitamin. And so that kind of took, you know, took the pressure off for me. And I've kind of been a little more chill throughout yeah. the years with that. And I know that that there are some kids that have some, some health issues that require special diets. Um, I know with Austin, he has some attention issues and he really thrives when we remove certain additives and food colorings from his diet. So I know that, um, you know, with others, with certain kids, you have to, you have to kind of follow a diet or specific nutritional implementation implementations. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, right now we are implementing a new diet in our family because my husband just recently had a minor heart attack. Oh, just minor, you know, <laughs> well, minor in heart attack shouldn't be in the same sentence. Well, I'm sorry, but a 47 year old should not have a clogged artery no. and he does. And part of that is for genetic factors. But what his doctor told him is that going forward, his medication is the most important, but then next to that is diet. 
we need more, he needs more fruits and vegetables and whole grains in his diet. And we've decided to start following the Mediterranean diet as a family, because I think all of us can benefit from more fruits and vegetables, but getting vegetables on kids' plates is tricky. Even, you know, for not the pickiest eaters, it can be hard to get vegetables into our kids. It's true. In fact, our family loves broccoli. We could eat broccoli for every meal. And Charlotte, my third grader, came home from school one day and told me she didn't like broccoli anymore. What? I looked at her. I was like, Charlotte, are you on drugs? <laughs> yes, you do like broccoli. <laughs> you liked it yesterday. <laughs> we eat it almost every night. How can you tell me you don't like broccoli? And she's like, no, I, I just, I don't like broccoli anymore. Well, come to find out her best friend at school doesn't like broccoli. Oh. And she got it in her mind that maybe she doesn't like it either. But the key to... For me, as a mom, introducing vegetables to my kids, because they can be kind of creepy looking to little ones, I I just, I can't stress enough to not be afraid to season them. Uh, I do not like steamed vegetables. Yeah. I Like, pull a steamed broccoli? Plain? No way. No. Who, who does? No. I love, like, my kids love having some seasoning on it, roasting them, getting creative with the way that you cook them really makes a difference. In fact, the easiest way to cook broccoli which is what my kids love is just in the sp- microwave no what no <laughs> it's not it's sprinkle a little olive oil kosher salt roast it at 400 degrees for like 15 minutes okay, I'm and gonna- my kids literally eat it like candy and if you want to get fancy sprinkle some parmesan cheese on it okay i will give you that that is the most tasty way to yes. eat broccoli but the easiest way is a microwave Duh. just put it in a dish a little water and saran wrap for four or five minutes done done um, okay, you were mentioning how m- you guys eat broccoli like every day. That made yeah. me think that you can overdo it. You okay, can take a you. good thing to extremes. Sis. I did that with green smoothies. <laughs> I was shoot. like the green smoothie. I remember queen. every morning we would. I have, think I maxed out on smoothies oh, because of I, you. I cannot Just watching. I you. cannot drink a green smoothie to this day. I think I've ruined my kids <laughs> on that too. And I had a friend who grew up eating so much chicken. Like chicken was the protein of choice. That when he got married, he told his wife, my friend, she was. He was allergic to chicken because he did never, he did not want to eat another piece of chicken. So it's evidence that you can overdo a good thing. But I think when it comes to veggies, just exposure. uh, Oh, timer again. Okay. Exposure is everything. Okay. When this was a quote from the mom force, this is from Tia. She says, I make a veggie box. I prep several different kinds of veggies with ranch dip for the week. If they want a snack before dinner, they can pick from the veggie box or they can just wait for dinner. I also use it to round out lunch, mix it up, slowly introduce new things. And we hear that over and over again. Megan says this, I started serving food on a big platter, allowing everyone to dish up what they want. For some reason, my son became the best eater. Perhaps it was because it was more fun to select from a big plate or just because he was picking himself, but it has changed meals for us. Okay, we have a printable in the show notes. It's a fun coloring page for your little ones to help them want to eat the rainbow. (laughs) I think as parents, if we can make it fun and challenge them to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables, maybe filling the rainbow every day, that could be a fun way to get the extra nutrients and battle the picky eaters. If you guys have any questions or comments, come on over to the Mom Force Facebook group. Drop us a message or a DM. If you like the podcast, leave us a review. We are all ears. We want to hear what you like, what you don't like. I just wanted to end with this. There's no such thing as the Clean Plate Club. We want to develop healthy relationships with food for our children. We want to encourage exploration and adventure. Positive, not pressure. You're so good. 
All right, guys. Good luck out there. We will see you next time. See ya.